I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Way back in 2013, while I was still working in my last agency job as head of social communications, I was in charge of launching a campaign for Chris Brand Golden Wonder. The campaign was built around the colours of Pax and the fact that Walkers had switched the traditional colours in the late 1980s. It was intended to trigger debate and poke a big stick at Walkers, and it contributed to a 75% increase in year-on-year sales. Now, it worked primarily because we understood both consumer opinions and the brand's tone of voice. We knew where the line was between being irreverent and being excessively combative, and we knew what language we could use to trigger social media users to join the debate. In the last 10 years, the likes of Innocent Drinks and Paddy Power have had huge marketing success, partly through having a very clear and defined brand voice. And as the worlds of brand marketing and ESG came together a couple of years ago, an increasing number of brands have found it necessary to understand how they speak to tiptoe around sensitive issues. Brand voice has been thrust into the marketing limelight, and for good reason. But many brands still don't really understand why or how to use tone of voice to generate distinction or gain a competitive advantage, or indeed how to analyse their own brand voice in a detached manner. Today's guest, Bethany Joy, is a brand voice strategist who works with companies to develop clear and distinct tones of voice. She told me that she's always loved language and writing, and at university did a combined English literature and philosophy degree. She admits that this is a bit of an odd combination, but says that her love of critical thinking and questioning ultimately meant that it was the perfect area of study for what she does now. It is all about thinking through language thinking through questions of identity and existence obviously on a slightly (laughs) lower scale when it comes to a brand rather than not literally thinking through the meaning of life per se but thinking through why why does this brand exist who are they for what are they about um what are they like and asking a lot of questions and doing a lot of thinking and then and then delving down into okay what is the language that is going to demonstrate that what's the language that's going to signify that personality and identity so actually my degree did end up setting me up perfectly for what accidentally for what I do now. Bethany began life in charity communications and after working in a variety of jobs worked her way up to director of communications for a non-profit in London. While she loved that position she says that much of the day-to-day work wasn't really the creative thinking writing and content creation that she wanted to do. In 2017, she decided to set up independently, initially with a real focus on copywriting. What I I found as I was working with a lot of brands is that they would bring me in to work on a particular piece of communication. So maybe help them uh, write their website copy or, you know, tackle various um, marketing campaigns, etc. And instinctively, my one of my first questions was around, okay, so how how do you want me to write this? Not just what do you want me to say, but how how do you want to sound? How do you want to come across? Really essentially a question about brand personality, brand identity. And I just found that nine times out of 10, they didn't really have an answer for that question. Or perhaps more frustratingly, their answers were very, all very similar and very bland, just sort of, oh, we're just, we want, just want to sound professional. 
This reminds me of a time not so long ago when talking to clients about social media tone of voice, I'd often hear the refrain, we want to sound like innocent. It was this kind of generic thinking, combined with Bethany's interest in language, that prompted her to refocus her business on brand voice. Over the last couple of years, brands have come under more and more scrutiny for what they say and how they say it. Bethany views the two as different elements, with the former being values and the latter brand voice. When we're talking about brand voice, obviously on it at its simplest level, it's it's literally just describing the you know the way a company communicates, the way the way a brand speaks, um, and I think that's at its simplest that is a helpful uh, definition. But I think that really, I suppose, what brand voice to me is is conveying is it's it's covering this phenomenon that we absolutely instinctively recognize on a human basis and in our day-to-day interactions with other people we instinctively recognize this phenomenon that when you when you talk with someone the way in which you speak to one another conveys more than just the literal meaning of the words something about the the particular language and the way in which we speak to one another does actually convey something of of who we are and what we're like and we we naturally go through life you're not even thinking about that process but just experiencing it that's how we make decisions really about who we become friends with who our partners are who we want to work with all all those things and yet I think we're just not not always quite as cognizant of that happening when we're engaging with a brand or, or as a brand we're not as cognizant that that is also true when we talk to our customers when we talk to consumers that we are when we speak to them we are conveying not just our, our message we're not there's not just the content of what we're saying it's actually the style it's there's how we're we're talking how we're communicating to people and that I think so in that sense that that to me is the more significant sort of deeper meaning of brand voice and I think that of course who who we are both as humans and who we are as brands absolutely is related to what our our values are but particularly as brands, I think it's just important to recognise that there may well be hundreds of brands who would all have actually very similar values. And that's okay, that's not a problem. It, you know, values like having integrity and putting your people first, uh, being honest, um, wanting to offer a high quality of, of service or, or product. All of those things are, are, are important and are totally valid values. But they obviously, because they're not particularly distinctive, and that's fine, rightly so, they're not particularly helpful when it comes to brand voice in, in giving an indication of, of brand personality, yeah. because obviously our personalities do tend to be more distinctive, that actually they're a blend, of course, of the of the things that are important to us and the values that we hold, but they're also more about the, the particular traits that we embody, and that, that's true for humans and for, and for brands. So yeah, I think it's just that sense of not that brand values aren't important, and obviously there's lots of debate at the moment about uh, sort of brand purpose and what, what do brands stand for. And, oh my gosh, we could do a whole, <laughs> a whole podcast on that um, and how that, I think that's got perhaps a little bit, little bit out of hand in places, perhaps more of an expectation that consumers need their brands to, to be more to them and care more about things than, than they actually do. But that, that is another story, I think. It's, so it's not to say that those things aren't important, but that actually, for me, what's at the core of a voice is that it's about developing a language that that offers a window into, into just what, what you're like, what your personality is um, as an organisation. Well, it's interesting you say related to what you're talking there about brand purpose. And, and you said there that perhaps we've kind of come to a place where 
we are putting in the minds of consumers something more important than perhaps they assign to it in terms of purpose. You could, if if I was sitting here being very cynical, I could say the same thing about brand voice though. And I could say, well, the language that we use and the personality of the brand, do customers really actually care whether a brand has a specific voice or what that identity is in the real world? Because, you know, from a marketing perspective, we talk about it and we understand it. Mm. But if you, if you step away from the marketing bubble, if you like, do consumers actually give a crap about this stuff? <laughs> um, oh, gosh, no. No. <laughs> no, not really. I think you're absolutely right to ask the question. And I think that it is, to me, a perfect example of the difference between uh, caring about an output and caring about an outcome okay so the sort of simplest example I can think of off the top of my head as I'm sat in my lounge looking at my tv so I personally have really no idea how how my tv works (laughs) um I'm I'm terrible with technology um and not very practically minded at all so I have absolutely no idea of all the processes that go into making it work but what I care about obviously is that when I press a button it comes on and I can watch the shows that I want to watch and I can engage I can engage with my TV that way, but I don't care about all the, the processes behind it. And I think that brand voice is largely the same. I certainly don't, in my day-to-day life, actually, when I meet new people in a social context and they ask what I do, I would say very few people actually even have an awareness or an understanding <laughs> of the concept of brand voice. Usually my, often I just say, oh, I'm in marketing, and sort of leave it at that quite vaguely because um, it often takes a lot of explaining. So yes, I think the average person on the street is neither particularly aware of nor particularly interested in the concept of a brand voice and even sort of brand identity and personality. I think there's a little bit more awareness of those things than there has been. But yes, broadly, I don't think that people at all care about what's going on behind the scenes of of the development of that. But what what I do think is true is that, that people's buying decisions are influenced by how they feel about your product or service or how they feel about your company so not just not just literally what it is but actually how they feel about it and I I want to be very careful with this because I really do think as we alluded to before this idea of sort of brand purpose and brand standing for something and the idea of people being in a relationship with the brands that they buy from I sort of largely think it's bollocks Um, (laughs) and and yes I think marketers like to get very excited about it and you know Never mind. But <laughs> but I but I do think that it's an important, a subtle but important distinction that whilst I don't think that consumers are particularly in relationships with brands, I do think that often, not not all the time, not with everything we buy, but that with lots of things we buy, we we are looking for some sort of point of connection. Yeah. And I think it can be quite a small point, quite a fleeting point, but just as in the way you know, the examples that I sort of gave before of as humans, we, we go about life kind of chatting to people and we get a, a sort of fairly quick sense of, do I like this person? Is this someone I want to spend more time with or less time with? Would I be happy to bump into them again? Is this a colleague I'd like to get to know or one I have to try and avoid? I, I just think it's the same with brands that when we're, I'm thinking of my own life, you know, recently trying to find uh, a company to help us do our will. I've also in business been looking for an accountant. Yep. Uh, we were recently searching for a new dentist. You know, all of these situations in which I'm I'm going out and looking for a, a, a business 
a brand to engage with to, to supply something to me. And whilst, of course, various factors come into play, price, location, the actual product or service that's on offer, I, I do feel that even unconsciously, even me, who's very aware of these things, that on an unconscious level, part of what I'm looking for is a sense of, do I like the feel of them, the sound yep. of them? Do they seem like a like a set of people? Do they feel like a brand and a company and an organization that roughly shares the same sort of approach to the world as me so not even necessarily on a real deeper level like do we sort of philosophically chime but just some sense of you know would we laugh at the same sort of jokes you know when when we communicate are they going to get me or is there going to be a bit of a disconnect and I, I just think I think there's a lot of bs in marketing about how deeply people consider a lot of purchases um and I do think it's important to say that brand voice is not a silver bullet that will fix everything I don't you can't no matter how great your personality and your voice is, you can't make people buy something that they don't actually yes. want. Um, you know, it's not it's not a sort of magic trick. It's just about saying that actually, I think most consumers, when they're looking for something, whether it's a product or a service, whether it's something they need or they want, whether it's personal or for work, that ultimately there are a whole series of things that influence their decisions, money, you know, location, quality, features, all that kind of stuff. And I, I just think one of the things that goes into that mix is this, the the vibe for what a more scientific term that they get from that company the sense of of connection or not and and all other things being equal um if they're faced with say three or four or five companies that all pretty much offer basically the same thing actually that sense of them connecting with you and liking the personality that you emanate not that they would explicitly recognize it as that but just them liking the the vibe that you give off um i think that can be the deciding factor yeah no i think it's a fair point if i think of this from a personal perspective and this this isn't related to brand whatsoever and it's a bit left field but we've brought, <laughs> brought some chickens okay and <laughs> there were there were three companies selling chickens <laughs> that we consider the one we went for was the most expensive and it was because it, again this is personal it's not specific that the brand voice was something we uh, had that connection to but we had a connection to the people mm. and I think what you're saying here is well it's this it's the same thing the same thing applies if, if I feel connection to the way a company talks to me or approaches mm. the world or you know the, the language they use then it's going to give them a step up even if their product may not be uh, may, may not be the cheapest or you know it, it just gives a step up so that that point of connection I think is really important yeah. and do you I mean it's it, that's a way of I guess it's a way of cutting through in in terms of products and especially from a marketing sense it's a way of cutting through with your your messaging and what you want to say and how you want to say it at the current time I mean that is it's so important because there is so much competition at the moment I think between between companies now that we are coming out of the pandemic fingers crossed mm. and you know every company has suffered from this and now they're all trying to get back on their feet and they're all trying to win consumers again mm. even if i think about it right from a recruitment angle i know in the public relations industry at the moment a lot of people have left that industry or moved jobs or and there are a lot of agencies out there looking for people now one of the ways they can differentiate themselves is by having that that brand personality, that brand voice, the way they talk, that's going to attract people. Mm. So it strikes me that at, at the moment, at the current time, in light of all the you know, social unrest, the pandemic, the competition, everything else that's going on in the world, the brand voice, it, it has become important for a reason. Would, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I, yes, I would agree with that. As in, I, th- I think there's probably something about all the the lockdowns. Well, I mean, certainly from a, a brand perspective, obviously all the lockdowns really sort of stripping away lots of the different touch points that brands might normally have with consumers um, and really leaving them really pretty much with just words on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that really becoming really one of the only ways that, that brands and humans could interact. And so, yes, in that sense, I think as marketers, our appreciation for the job that that language then needs to be doing um, is perhaps we're more aware of the significance of that now definitely but I suppose I was just thinking what while we were talking of maybe just an ever so slight this is perhaps a bit to the side of what you were saying but just what you were saying made me think of it which is that I think the only thing we've got to be a bit careful of with brand voice is that we sometimes can think of it as this thing of it gives me a competitive advantage if I if I stand out if I have a personality if I if I have a voice when actually sadly the reality is actually slightly more potentially stressful for people than that which is that actually you you will have a voice every every single company that uses words to (laughs) to communicate what it does uh inevitably has a voice um it's not quite the same as other areas of marketing where there's a, a degree of optionality you know shall we use video in our marketing yes or no should we be on social media yes or no it's not really should we have a voice should we have a personality the, inevitably you do that is for better or worse what what language is and what language does that when we speak it inescapably the words that we choose to use paint a picture for people of of what we're like and so really the the issue for companies is not sort of deciding whether or not to have a voice it's it's figuring out whether the voice you currently possibly accidentally but inescapably do have (laughs) is portraying an accurate picture of your company or not and whether it's giving people a sense of a personality that is both authentic to who you are as a business and that is as engaging to that particular consumer um, or whether it's actually giving them an idea of a personality that's really very different from what you're like or that is accurate but is very off-putting to them that's really the thing that you're looking to find out and to hone I, I've definitely worked with quite a few businesses over the years where it, it was actually really fascinating part of the process early on to, to get them to look at the way they were currently communicating with people and not not really me sort of saying oh by the way did you realize you're coming across like this but actually in getting them to to look through their current communications and really try and come to it with fresh eyes and sort of helpfully pointing out one or two things and guiding them in a certain direction and just helping seeing them realize this really sometimes quite big penny drop sort of moment of like oh oh god that's how we're coming yeah, across yeah. you know I can think particularly actually of a I worked with a really lovely um hospice sort of end of life care hospice a few years ago and they just were the loveliest 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 people and the the atmosphere at the hospice itself was surprisingly was very positive was very light there was quite a lot of laughter when I was there just it was it was overall a very positive very life-affirming really fantastic place everything you would want actually in a in in a hospice but when you looked at their website oh if you didn't know them you really would have imagined that they were 
being run by some very stern-faced school matron from the 1950s. Um, It was just the the language that they were using was very cold and very uh, distancing and, and not very welcoming. And yeah, I think it's just, it's a bit to the side of what you said, but I think it's just really important to, to have that in our minds that it isn't it isn't really about sort of inventing a personality and inventing a voice as a kind of competitive advantage I think there is a competitive advantage in really knowing who you are and writing in a way that shows that to people but it's it's got to be something that is authentic that's that's actually real about who and what the company is it's got to be something that really connects with the particular audience that you're going for and I think it's just remembering that it the the process of how you pay attention to it, how you develop it, how you define it, how you sharpen it, and how you make sure it's it's really good is a choice. But if if you don't do those things, you will still have a voice. It just might not be very accurate or very enticing. Yeah. In that example, then, you've obviously done some analysis on, on that, that company, that organisation. Mm. Am I right in assuming that's the start point for any project, really, is, is the analysis part, the audit of how are you communicating at the moment and what does that say in order to then create perhaps changes or a strategy for that for that company so how, how do you go about starting that process and, and defining what the current voice is and and working out where you want to get to and how are you going to change it to that well I think it's the value again of an external consultant of you know, this isn't just sort of a big sales pitch, but this is why. <laughs> but, um, but, but I suppose it is a broader recognition of actually, yes, this is why I have a job and why other people like me have a job, because it's the value of of someone coming in from the outside. Because I think there's there's myriad ways to to go about th- thinking about how you sound currently. And there's there's all sorts of important things in terms of talking to to your employees internally and getting a sense of what they think or feel especially in slightly bigger companies where there's probably a there's like a marketing team who maybe are responsible for creating a lot of the external communications but then there's a whole swathe of employees who aren't involved in the day-to-day of creating that but actually it would be really interesting to say actually when you look at our website what do you what do you think what sense do you get you know there's a there's a bit of internal polling and discussion to be had I think there's lots of different ways to talk to your actual customers both existing and potential and and get a sense of of measuring how they feel not so not just about what you offer but actually about how you come across about their perceptions of you as a brand so there's stuff there but there I think also there just is value in having someone completely objective totally from the outside kind of coming in and saying okay with my particular understanding of language and my particular experience and expertise I I can almost give you a bit of a shortcut to that which is that I I can tell you I'm 99.9% sure this is how people are perceiving you this is how you're coming across yep. so there is it's a it's a mixture a mixture of those things I think but it, it, you're right it is that is a really important first step that sort of just getting the getting the lie of the land seeing where you are currently with that reality that you you do in fact already have a voice taking some time to identify what that voice is currently and uh, and how consistent it is you yep. know uh, do you actually have the same sort of voice are you coming across the same in all your different communications or actually is there a bit of a, a mishmash um which is often often the case one of the, the biggest problems lack of consistency but also then you needing to do that in order to see really how big a gap there is between where you are at the moment and where you want to be because obviously for that company the, the example i gave of the hospice for them it was a 
it was such a significant thing, this realisation that they were actually just polar opposite to where they wanted to be. You yeah, know, the yeah. voice that they currently had was was giving just an awful, honestly awful, awful impression of what they were like that was nowhere near the reality of what they were actually like. And so for them, it was important to realise that there was that massive gap. And although initially that was a bit of a, a difficult <laughs> realisation for them and quite a sad realisation, I think, um, obviously it was fine because in the context of the work, that's what we were there to fix. So, you know, it's if there's a big gap, fine, at least then you know what you're you're fixing. And in that sense, success is often slightly easier to measure <laughs> because it was such a difference. Whereas I think for a lot of companies, it's probably sort of somewhere in the middle that they are unless they've done some of this sort of work before, they're unlikely to be exactly where they would want mm. to be, but they normally are sort of headed in the right direction. And so it's then looking and saying, okay, well, in this particular piece of writing and this particular piece, what's coming across is a bit more of this and this, and those things are really accurate. So let's keep those. But actually here we come across a bit like this, and I don't think that's quite right. So maybe we need to dial that down. And actually there's this whole aspect to our company of you know X, Y, Z, and actually we haven't, that's not coming across at yeah, all. How yeah. do we fix that? You know, So it's very much that sort of discussion the, the kind of mining of the existing organizational identity and personality and then sort of learning how to pull out the right bits um, and, and then identify the language that will actually bring some of those traits to life. And that, to be honest, that is probably one of the hardest bits. And that, if I really had to isolate one thing, if that's why I have a job, <laughs> that 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 would be it. Because that, that is difficult. It's, it's very, I think a lot of people often think you mentioned innocent earlier sort of that idea of oh innocent are really cool they've got this very sort of playful mm-hmm. kind of quirky kind of voice so we'll we'll do that we're our brand attributes are we're we're playful and fun and quirky but actually they don't really know how to how to do yeah. that you, you know you can't just write we're playful and quirky and cool on your homepage and everyone goes oh great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. solved um you obviously you have to find a way to to demonstrate that um rather than just say it and and that that's definitely a, a challenging piece so when, when i'm doing this sort of process for for my clients from a social media perspective this is i use a, a model called the brand archetypes model quite a lot i don't know if you've heard of this or, or come across it yeah yeah um, but it was originally developed for advertising it was all about advertising positioning and and well brand positioning really are there any models that you specifically use or come back to should I say that, that are helpful is it that does it just not sound very good if I say no <laughs> not, not at all <laughs> no um <laughs> well no it's I think it's just obviously if I'm working with a company if they particularly have some models for the wider kind of brand identity stuff so like like the brand archetypes thing um if they have um some things like that that they have found useful then I think I'm happy to incorporate those but honestly gosh perhaps this just makes me sound horribly arrogant but I no I sort of just like to use my own brain and they, I think because every client is so different and their particular the particular particular challenges sorry that they have in in articulating their personality and then finding a language that represents that are, are just very different and the challenges the things that block them doing that well are very different I just want to interject quickly because I have some very exciting news. After a three-year hiatus due to the pandemic, Digital Download Live is back, in person and in September. 
If you've been before, you'll know that it's a fantastic day packed full of audience-led Q&As, interviews, workshops and presentations, all focused on the very latest stuff that you need to know if you work in digital communications, PR or social media marketing. Now, so much has changed in marketing communications over the last couple of years. Technologies like NFTs and the metaverse have come to the fore. TikTok now gets more internet traffic than Google, while Facebook and Instagram are both on the slide. And iOS 14 and the deprecation of third-party cookies are killing digital advertising and analytics as we know them. It's a challenging time for marketers and staying on top of all of the changes is a bit of a minefield. But that's what Digital Download Live is for. For more information and booking details, head to ddl22.com. That's ddl22.com. I hope to see you there. Although I do some work in the area of brand voice with my own clients, I was very keen to hear from Bethany about examples of brands that inspire her. Brands that have gone through the process and have a clearly defined and identifiable tone of voice that is highly beneficial to them. The win with brand voice really is when you see someone communicating in a way that is very clearly demonstrating a personality and you can see that that is really, really connecting with an audience. And so, yeah, there's quite a few. I think if people want, yeah, if you want some stuff to sort of look at and not to copy the voice exactly, but to say, ah, this is this is how these guys are doing it. One brand that I'm really loving at the moment um, is a company called The Adventurists. Okay. They describe themselves as generators of odysseys and chaos. (laughs) Nice. They organize sort of expeditions and adventures, just sort of ridiculous things like driving across a continent in a go-kart. It's very much sort of extreme adventure travel opportunities. And they've got a, a brilliant, really hilarious voice quite very irreverent sort of tone very much sort of two fingers up at health and safety and it's all about just adventure and if there's a chance of death then that's ideal and there's a really the thing I think I love about their voice is it's very it is very sort of sweary and casual and adventurous but almost in this ever so slightly Victorian kind of way they've got a very they've got a very distinctly British sort of tone so I'm trying to think they they use a lot of very I'm thinking about the swearing they use a lot of talk about dickheads a loose band of dickheads or you know don't be an arse hat um or they've got I remember they've got a really great thing down the bottom of their site when they are talking about all the you know on every website you need things about cookies and and things like that they've got I think their section is just entitled something like lots of legal twattery <laughs> okay, it's, it's kind of brilliant but they I think they're just a, a really interesting one to look at because they're not they're not hugely mainstream I think lots of people haven't heard of them but they are just so completely true as far as I can see to to the humans behind the brand and they've really nailed a, a language that absolutely connects with the people that they yeah are talking to yeah. and it's just it frankly it's a hilarious read <laughs> even if nothing else but but I think then I suppose there's a sort of counterpoint to that as well. I, I love what they're doing, but I think it is also very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that a distinctive brand voice, you know, the way to do brand voice well is to have a very big edgy. personality, a very edgy personality. Yes. And as you say, the way a lot of brands went through that phase of, oh, we just want to sound like Innocent, yeah. you know, because Innocent are an example of a brand that does that quirky, playful, offbeat sort of tone incredibly well. But the reality is, like we talked about, is it, the success of a brand voice really is about being authentic to the personality that 
you actually have and recognizing what personality it is your customers need need yes. and want yeah. to find in you um, and so a, a brand that I actually really love that are very different from that much more understated and and actually quite a lot more formal they're, they're a bank they're called hypo swiss okay and <laughs> their tagline is expect the expected right um which i sort of think is quietly brilliant and they are they're very straight very matter of fact uh-huh. definitely a, a tendency towards slightly more formal language because again it's very easy to think oh the answer to a great brand voice is just be really casual and just be really informal and chatty and actually that may be right for your brand but it really it might not be and, and with hypo swiss they're they're a private bank in switzerland as you would guess their thing is absolutely about establishing trust and showing that they are a very 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 reliable bank yeah and they they did a, a campaign a while ago there was lots of great headlines i can't remember them all but one one of them was just we are not more than just a bank <laughs> <laughs> And I just, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because I think one of the one of the voices actually in that same space getting a lot of attention at the moment is Monzo. Um, and I do think that they, they do some great stuff and that they have really mastered this much more relatable, much more down to earth. We're not going to scare you with all the jargon. We are sort of the people's bank kind of thing. They've, they've done that really well. I think what then HypoSwiss have done brilliantly is in reaction to that, they have focused very clearly on a, a, a segment of humans who find monzo very unappealing and actually they want they're, they're people with money people with status and yep. people who just really want a bank to be a bank and they don't need that bank to be their best friend they need that bank to be reliable and not to take risks with their money and that and so they've got a language that absolutely reflects that reality and, and connects with those people so that they're, they're also an interesting one to look at so there's loads there's more that i could talk about but those those are two very very different voices and just even just looking at those two is, is a helpful reminder, I think, of there is no one way to have a great brand voice. The measure of a, of a successful brand voice is does it authentically represent your personality as an organization and does it build those connections with the particular people you're looking to, to attract? Whether it's the adventurists or hypo-Swiss or innocent or paddy power, it's pretty clear that a distinct tone of voice can garner attention or create relatability. But what's the real impact of going through the process of auditing a brand voice, carrying out a gap analysis, defining a strategy and then activating it? What difference does it make months or even years down the line? That is one one of the hardest questions <laughs> to answer. I know I will, I will give it a go, of course, but it, it is a very difficult question to answer. And it's one that I have found difficult, um, actually, personally, in terms of building my own business and engaging with clients simply because it's it's not as straightforward as being able to draw a really clear kind of linear line from if you engage in this process with me you will make a million pounds more next year (laughs) you know there's not it that's a harder thing because the challenge of it is that it touches everything that working with with a company on brand voice also isn't just about okay, let's get your website sounding really great. It's about thinking much bigger picture than that, much more strategically about every piece of communication that comes from an organization on every level. And, and there's internal stuff to be worked on as well as external. So there's, it really touches absolutely everything. One of the, one of the things I do mention um, sometimes in both in my sort of content that I put out there and also when I'm talking with clients is that there was a really great study looking at basically the, the impact of brands developing their identity and and documenting that identity and and having a strong 
understanding of that internally and, and how that outworks itself. And they there's one particular bit of it that was looking at the fact that it was a study of about about 500 different businesses, different different okay. sectors, um, different niches, B2B and B2C. And basically asking these brands whether or not they had a clear sense of their, well, not just a clear sense, a clear, a clear brand identity and clear kind of brand guidelines. So not just for the visual elements, but a, yeah. all the elements of their brand identity. Do you have a clear sense of what that is and, and have you documented that? And do you feel like it's well understood and and put into practice by people across your company and there were some interesting results in terms of the companies that felt that they did have that reported much higher figures of uh, basically being recognized their brand recognition numbers publicly were much higher mainly I would imagine due to consistency (laughs) because obviously that's a really significant fact in brands being remembered and that those same companies then had measured internally and and attributed directly to that visibility 23% increase in profit okay overall compared to where they were before i mean that's significant that's that's very significant yeah and it i think that was a really i was very pleased when i finally found <laughs> that, that study because i thought oh my gosh that's exactly yeah. what i need to be able to tell people um, but it, i think it was really helpful really the whole study actually was very interesting because it clients understandably want a bit more to go on than my sort of yeah I just trust me <laughs> the way the way you talk to people really does have an impact on whether or not they engage with you whether or not they buy from you but actually sort of what that study I think is really useful in in just helping people see is that this the brand voice stuff and brand personality stuff is not just a sort of really wanky pet project of the marketing <laughs> team where we like to use these marketing phrases and go oh we've got to develop our brand voice but actually it's something that is relevant across an entire company and actually does have a tangible impact on the bottom line so I think yeah absolutely it definitely does have a measurable impact there's there's no question from what I've seen the clients that I've worked with and I'm talking to them before and after there's no question that they're that there is a difference but yeah I'll be the first to say it isn't the easiest thing to measure because it touches everything. To find out more from Bethany look her up on LinkedIn. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.